Hello, friends. Once again, this wonderful Thanksgiving week, uh, this is time for a Bible study uh, that really addresses uh, Thanksgiving in a way that I believe is going to intrigue you. I believe it's going to inform you. I know it's going to inspire you if you stay tuned. Praise God. We're going to be talking this Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving week, this Thanksgiving day right here upon us, uh, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving praise, the kind of praise that God honors so much because it honors God so much. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, I want to read one text of Scripture with you today. While you're turning to Psalm 50 and verse 23, a Psalm of Asaph, the most of the Psalms, the majority of the Psalms are Psalms of David. This Psalm and several others was written by Asaph. And one day we'll kind of delve in and dig into to this Psalmist because he has said some very important things to us, giving us some important principles from God. Amen. All right. So if you, while you're turning to Psalm 50 and verse 23, from our house to your house, whether you're in our local area uh, and part of our ministry here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast is originating, whether you're in one, another state in America, whether you're in another country in the world. We are glad that you are here with us today uh, to gather around the Word of God, to give thanks to God for all of His blessings, all of His benefits toward us. Now, as Christians, we don't do this just once a year. <laughs> this is a 365-day event, giving thanks to the Lord. That's why we're going to talk about thanksgiving praise today. All right, if you have your Bibles open, Psalm 50 and verse 23, it said, Whoso offers praise, and I want to stop right here, because this Hebrew word for praise is tauda, T-O-W-D-A-H. It's important to know what this particular word for praise is. There are other words that are used for praise that are similar but not the same. This Hebrew word is so important. Listen, whoso offers praise, tauda, glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation aright, I will show him the salvation of the Lord. Amen. They're going to experience God's deliverance. God is going to hear their cry. God is going to heed their call. God is going to come and set them free, deliver them, provide for them, protect them. Whoso offers this kind of praise glorifies me unto him that orders his conversation aright. That means his lifestyle. Amen. To him I will show the salvation, the deliverance of God. That's why this is such an important concept that we're dealing with today. This word is is involves uh, not only the heart attitude, but physically the extended hand. <laughs> Tada is the modern Hebrew word for thanksgiving. Properly, it's an extension of the hand in adoration 
and, and, and love and reverence for God and also dependence on God. It's like a child when they reach up their hands to their parent to pick them up and hold them close and keep them safe. It's the kind of praise that says, I am so thankful that I have a God in heaven that when I lift up my hands, amen, he bends down. Glory to God to lift me up, pick me up, do whatever it takes to show his love and his faithfulness to me. Praise God. That's why this word is used similarly in the new covenant in Hebrews thirteen fifteen. By the way, the new, new American standard actually says it Using that word, it says, who so offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving <laughs> honors me. Praise God. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. by him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. This is thanksgiving praise. This is praise with an attitude of gratitude. This is praise that says, I am, I am so happy to give you the honor and glory and show my gratitude to you in thanksgiving. This is Tauda praise in action. Listen, when the, when the, the, the ark was placed in the temple, Tauda Praise was offered. Second Chronicles five thirteen and fourteen. It said, and it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking God, the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music. And praise the Lord, saying, For he is good, and his mercy endures forever. That then, at that precise moment, you see, the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by the reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Hallelujah. By the way, that's in, in the new covenant. It wouldn't just be the building that we were gathered in because that old temple is not where we worship. Our body has become the temple of God. And I'm going to tell you, you come to church with a, with an attitude of gratitude and you say, I've had a bad week, but I got a good God and I'm going to give him praise today. Amen. I'm going to thank him for his goodness. I'm going to thank him for his grace. I'm going to thank him for his mercy. I'm going to thank him that I know that all things are working together for good because I love him and I'm the called according to his purpose. You see, friend, it's this attitude in worship. It's not just worshiping, uh, you know, uh, without a heart of gratitude being involved. It's not just mouthing words. It's not just uh, tapping their foot to the beat. Uh, it's it's not. It's you see, God. The Bible said of 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 our worship. Jesus said to the woman at the well who said, where do we worship God? I want to give thanks to him. I want to show gratitude to him. Where can I go to worship him? In that holy mountain or that holy city? Jesus said, the time is coming now is when true worshipers will worship him in spirit 
and in truth, for the Lord seeketh such to worship him. Hallelujah. Well, if, if, if God's radar is looking for someone worshiping him in spirit and in truth, and, 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 and that's because man looks on the outward appearance of what may seem to be the most glorious worship without the heart attitude being right before God is disqualified because God looks on the heart. And so it all begins in the heart. And then it works out into, into the, 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 the posture of worship where their hands lifted up. Praise God. Many times, uh, it, uh, we are, we, we just want to lift our hands and give Him praise. Hallelujah. This Hebrew word here seems to mean that we're to always be thankful to God for what He's done and for what He has promised to do. In, in order for our conversation to be a right to praise God, to worship Him thankfully, <laughs> Amen. Before the answer comes, expect, expecting the promise to be fulfilled, expecting the answer to come. We start thanking Him not after the answer comes, but we start thanking Him for the answer before the answer comes. Now, I want to read this psalm that we took this text from, Psalm 50. I want to read parts of it, almost all of it, to you today, to put this in in context today. Listen to Psalm 50. They, they, they worship God as prescribed during this time. This psalm was written, and actually Israel is at the apex of their worship of God and their bringing of the proper offerings. They were doing all of the things, bringing the right offering for the right situation. They were doing everything but one thing that qualified everything else or disqualified everything else. That's important to understand. I don't want to waste time in a, in a, in a 30 minute, 45 minute worship service and have it disqualified because of the wrong heart attitude. Amen. I, I don't want to sing and mouth the right words to a beautiful song of worship and praise and have it disqualified. How about you? Let me show you how this works here. If we're going to have a worship service, we, we better start with the heart, not with the song leader, not with the instruments, not even with the, not even with the beautiful words. We need to start with a heart attitude, prepare our hearts for it. And that was the issue here in Psalm 50. Listen to it. The mighty God, even the Lord hath spoken. And call the earth from the rising of the sun to the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfect, perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. Literally a raging storm. He shall call out to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. That's where it always starts, isn't it? You ever heard the scripture, judgment begins at the house of God? We have the light. We, 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 we are walking in the light, not in the darkness. Amen. And therefore God holds us way more accountable for things than he would those that just don't know any better. 
Listen to what he says. Gather, in verse 5, Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Selah. Let that sink in. Amen. Verse 7. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel. I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. See, that's not the issue. Uh, Listen, he's not going to reprove them for not bringing the proper sacrifices at the proper time as he has prescribed them, because they were. But he says, I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy foes. In other words, I won't receive the sacrifice unless this one issue is corrected. Listen, he said, for every beast of the forest is mine already, and the cattle of a thousand hills. I know the fowls of the air, verse 11, the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Now, verse 12 says, if I was hungry, (laughs) I wouldn't tell thee. In other words, I'm not consuming this. I'm not receiving this. I don't need this from you. But there is something I want from you. Listen, he said, the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats offer unto God here it is this is the attitude of heart offer unto God thanksgiving (laughs) hallelujah amen and pay thy vows to the most high praise God have you ever heard of someone have you ever been someone that you were in deep trouble of some kind and you called upon the Lord and without uh, formally maybe realizing it, you made a vow to God. (laughs) Here's how that works. Lord, if you get me out of this mess that I'm in right now, I'll go to church. I'll I'll begin to give. I haven't been giving for years. I'm going to start giving to the Lord. If you would just help me through this, I, I'll start doing the things that I know to do and is right before you. You see, that's how you really show gratitude. It's paying your vows, amen, <laughs> to the Lord. It's not just giving money to Him, amen, paying. It is giving Him what is requisite. It's giving Him His due. It's recognizing His goodness and grace in helping you, saving you, healing you, delivering you, protecting you, providing for you. Praise God, amen. He doesn't deserve our leftovers on Sunday morning. He deserves our very best worship and praise because of our heart of gratitude. So we're not just called to give thanks. We're called to live thanks. This is vividly true in the new covenant as we not just give thanks to God, but we actually begin to live out our thanks in the way that we serve him and the attitude in which we serve him. Amen. Listen to this in Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. 
in light of what He has done through Christ and in Christ for us. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is how you give thanks by living thanks. Listen, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, some translators translate this, your true spiritual worship. Amen. Real worship involves the whole person, not just a little bit of our time while we're being entertained by the choir or the choral group or the singing group. A friend of mine, thank God for good Christian music that just doesn't drone on. Oh, friend of mine. But there's much more than just what you get out of the worship service is what you put into the worship service. Amen. Listen, and be not, verse 2, conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, a brand new mind set that you may prove or exemplify and demonstrate what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. God said, I don't just want your 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 tithe i don't just don't want some of your time i want you i want the whole of you and i want it offered with gratitude for what what has been granted to you through the gift of my son and the gift of his life and the gift of righteousness and the gift of salvation praise god hallelujah god wants us to respond to His grace and mercy by offering ourselves to Him a living sacrifice. That's what it means to be a real disciple of Jesus. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine today, there's so much more to this than just, just you know, having the choir hit that perfect high C. Amen. It's more to this uh, than than having the perfect harmonies come in. It's good to hear good worship music. It's good for the upbeat music. It's good for the, well, the psaltery, the harp, the cymbal, the high-sounding cymbal. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. I love a boisterous, good, happy, holy Worship service, notice holy, praise God, amen. But God is looking past all the things that we're experiencing and seeing and even feeling in our emotions. And he's looking at our heart, squarely at our heart. You know, I've often used this term, I want to be a blip, (laughs) not a blimp, (laughs) amen. I want to be a blip. On God's radar. How about you? I want to be a blip on God's radar. You know what this scripture teaches in the Old Covenant? It said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. God is looking for something. God is looking for someone in particular. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show 
himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts, there it is again, whose hearts are perfect toward him. See, we're talking about the heart getting perfected in that that pleases God. Amen. And, and then our, our body following through by, by, by physically, uh, following Him. But it all begins with a heart of gratitude responding to His mercy with enough gratitude to say, Lord, you've done so much for me. I want to give my all, the whole of me to you. <laughs> Amen. And do it with joy because it's born out of gratitude. I want to be that blip, don't you? On God's radar. I, I want to be, I want to be lighting it up, lighting up the screen when his eyes look for a perfect heart. See, that's what it's saying. Amen. And be not conformed to this world, Romans 12, 2, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, demonstrate, exemplify what is that good and acceptable, here it is, and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, if you're that blip, the Bible says something back in Psalm 50. Amen. To him that orders his behavior, his attitude, and his activity, <laughs> all right, to that person, I will show the salvation. That word salvation in the Old Covenant meant his deliverance, his help, his protection, his provision, his supernatural intervention, his answer to our cry, his response to our prayer. Hallelujah. I'll show him my deliverance. Glory be to God. That's why the psalmist David said in the in Psalm 51, the next psalm here, that David wrote in repentance of his sin, and he said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And in a sense, he's offering himself to God in full repentance and, and devotion because he's saying, create in me a clean spirit. Wash me with hyssop and I'll be clean. And then create in me a clean, a, a right attitude, a clean spirit. Praise God. Amen. Have mercy upon me, Lord. I'm going to read part of that. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy, see it's in light of the mercies he's responding, of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. Amen. Purge me with hyssop. Listen to verse 7. I shall be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Hallelujah, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hallelujah, hide thy face from my sins, blot out mine iniquities, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Praise God, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. <laughs> that literally willing spirit. 
Then, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You want to be a witness for Jesus. Get the joy of answered prayer back. Get the joy of deliverance back. Get the joy of his healing back. Get the joy of God coming through. Amen. Praise God. And let the world see that we do not serve a man-made God. We indeed serve the God who made man. Praise God. Hallelujah. God has said, let's go back to Psalm 50 now. God has literally said, you're bringing the right offerings, but they're disqualified. You're doing the right things in worship, but it's disqualified. You, you, the, the singers are singing that are appointed to sing. The priests are Offering the sacrifices. The people are bringing the sacrifices at the prescribed times. All of that is in perfect order. And yet it's all disqualified because of this one element. It's not coming in response to my goodness, my greatness, my graciousness, and my mercy. It's not coming with a true thankful heart. Verse 14, once again, offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows to the Most High. And listen, you see, you can pull this out without all of that and try to claim it, and it's just simply not going to work. There's too many scriptures pulled out of context. And someone said a text out of context is a pretext and we cannot do that and claim this and apply this properly. Amen. We're too quick to get the little promise box. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's not one promise without a caveat. (laughs) There's not one promise without a stipulation. Amen. How, how about given it shall be given unto you, shaken together, pressed down, good measure, shaken together, pressed down, running over, men shall give unto your bosom. Isn't that great? There's a stipulation, isn't there? Give. 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 You can't claim that without giving. You can't just claim. <laughs> what about this? Philippians 4.19, I think it is. Amen. <laughs> My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Pull that out and it's just a promise without a stipulation. But put it back in context and there's a stipulation. Somebody said, I, I pulled that out of the promise box. I claimed it and nothing has happened or, or <laughs> amen, it got worse. Well, put it back in. Put it back in the Bible. Go to the scripture in the Bible. Don't just take a scripture as a promise with no stipulation, no faith, faithful obedience or grateful obedience on our part. Put it back in. It says, because you have spoiled your own goods to help another's, others when they were in need. Because you gave sacrificially, literally. My God shall supply all your needs. See, it's the law of sowing and reaping. He that sows liberally shall reap liberally. There it is. But you've got to sow liberally to claim that. And if you don't, you can't claim it. Oh, you can claim it. Nothing's going to happen. And guess what? When nothing happens, we use our faith. And then we try to blame God for un 
faithfulness or imply through uh through through our our misunderstanding and misrepresentation of a scripture that God literally is not true to his word and you can't depend on him and you can't stand on it. We need to get back in the word and we need to get it right. I don't know about you, but I need his salvation. I'm saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I need answers to prayer. How about you? I need God to hear from heaven when I call upon him. I need God to come through. Amen. I live in a faulty body. I need healing in this old thing until he's done with it. Praise God. Amen. I live in a fallen world. I need help until Jesus comes or I go home down in this old world. Praise God. But thank God I have it because I'm ordering my conversation aright. I see, have seen, and in the name of Jesus Christ, by the grace of God, the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to see His deliverances as long as I live. God is going to come through. Praise God, because I'm going to order my conversation aright, and I'm not going to, to go to church and go through all of the, all of the, the, all of the things that we do on Sunday morning in the name of worship that will be qualified if our heart attitude is right before Him. Remember verse 14 of Psalm 50, offer unto God thanksgiving, this kind of praise that's coming from a heart of gratitude. Praise God and pay thy vows to the Most High and call on me in the time of trouble. And I will, there's the salvation of God that we'll see. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 23 in closing. Whoso offereth praise. This kind of praise that we've just qualified here. Whoso offereth this kind of praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to be a blip? You want to be a blip on God's radar? He's looking. He's looking. He's searching. And one of the elements of a perfect heart, and we would say faith is part of that. Of course it is. Without it, it's impossible to please Him. But He's also looking for gratitude. He's looking for true thanksgiving. Someone who says, Lord, I am going to give you thanks. In in fact, we're told in the New Covenant, aren't we? In everything and for everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Would you do something today? Would you become a blip on God's radar? He seeketh such to worship Him. And worship Him in spirit and in truth. Would you just right now 
before any answer comes, before any change comes, before anything at all changes right in your circumstance, right where you are right now, the cross stands. What He's done for you, He's done for you out of love for you. Would you respond to the love that was shown to you on the cross? And in the name of Jesus, would you say, Lord, I thank you right now. I praise you with a heart of gratitude. I question this, I question that, I questioned you. I'm sorry. But right now, I'm, I'm not questioning your love. <laughs> and that may be all I need to know, like the song says. I don't know much, Lord, but I know I love you. And I know you love me. And that may be all I need to know to get through this test, this time, and this trial. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Become a blip on God's radar. He's going to bring you through that. He's going, something's going to turn around. Something's going to change in the name of Jesus. If you don't know Christ is your Savior, run to Him. Don't run from Him. Show your gratitude for what Jesus has done to save you by letting Him save you in Jesus' name.